Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah Germain Lilly, your host. Gays Against Guns is beyond angry and horrified as the news unfolds of another devastating mass shooting that killed three children and three staff members at the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. The shooting is deeply disturbing on many levels. The fact that the shooter was able to access two assault-style weapons legally no doubt emboldened them to proceed with their horrific plan, highlighting for the umpteenth time the need for a nationwide ban on all assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. Gays Against Guns stands with President Biden calling on Congress to pass the assault weapons ban of 2023 now. Our show today is good news, bad news. To clarify, when anyone is killed or injured by guns, it's bad news. Let's start off with Representative Maxwell Frost of Florida, who, as the youngest gun violence prevention advocate in Congress, is definitely good news. In this clip, he is speaking at a House Judiciary hearing called ATF Attacks on the Second Amendment, When is Enough Enough? A few minutes prior to his statement from the hearing floor, Manuel Oliver and Patricia Padue Oliver parents of activist Joaquin Oliver, who was killed in Parkland, were forcibly removed from the hearing and Manuel was thrown to the floor and arrested. Thank you, freshman representative from Parkland, Coral Springs, Maxwell Frost. You know, I I plan on acknowledging three people. Um, Both of them are not in this room anymore. Um, Folks who I've worked with and that I know, Manny and Patricia Oliver who lost their son, Joaquin Oliver, in the Parkland shooting. To, to lose a child to gun violence, to see, the, to see the photos of your child sitting in a pool of blood, I can't, I can't imagine that. You know, Manny and Patricia have dedicated their lives to fighting for a world where true justice can be achieved because unfortunately, there is no justice for the dead and true justice is ensuring that this never happens again. I fight alongside Manny and Patricia Oliver. I believe that they are American heroes. And what they always say is they don't want their son Joaquin to be remembered as a victim. They want him to be remembered as an activist. And today, Republicans on this committee chose to sit in front of those parents and the survivors and organizers and advocates that are in the audience right now, people who are reliving their trauma, listening through this, people impacted by gun violence across the nation, and show that their priority is gun lobby money, manufacturers who profit up de- uh, off death, and creating fake narratives for political gain. Again, the leading cause of death for kids in America is guns. And today's hearing is about distracting the people from the truth. They want you to believe that the greater threat is the ATF and not the facts that are in front of us. We heard one of my colleagues bring up facts. Let's look at the facts, and I just said them. A hundred people a day. And I know it's easy to say a number and forget that behind every number, there's a human. There's a Joaquin Oliver. Enough is enough, not one more. And to all the organizers, advocates, survivors, and families here today, 
I'm so sorry that you've had to sit through this hearing. I'm so sorry that you had to see what happened outside to Manny and Patricia who are just fighting for, uh, for, for a world where no other parents have to go through what they went through. And I, for one, believe this has nothing to do with policy and everything to do with politics. And I won't be listening to another second of it, and I wouldn't blame you all if you made the same decision. I yield back. Thank you, Representative Maxwell Frost. Remember, gun violence is now the number one cause of death for children in America. Next up, Sean Stefanik reports on the right-wing Gift of Life March counter-protest. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen and queers alike. With Radio Gag, I'm Sean Stefanik, reporting on the Gift of Life March that took place on March 25th, 2023, just last Saturday. The scene was a cabal of intolerant anti-abortion and anti-LGBTQ plus persons of organi- and or organizations meeting up in what is our safe space on these fabulous streets of downtown Manhattan, Foley Square. And their plan was to walk and or march to... Wait, what march? <laughs> they didn't move more than, say, around the block. <clears throat> First off, many of us formed at Foley Square before they could even arrive with their hateful flags and messaging of intolerance and hatred. Realizing they had no space at Foley Square, they moved up the block to a measly little street corner of Lafayette and Reed. It should be mentioned now just that many of the attendees and supporters of this disgusting display were and are also some of the very same people that show up to the drag story hours, such as the one the week before last week that was attended to by Attorney General Letitia James. We outnoised the snot out of them on the corner of Lafayette and Reed, where they then proceeded to walk around the block. It was honestly the best they could do. We didn't give up or let up. We marched right along with them. Of course, some of us, myself included, even integrated into their march and outnoised their chants with ours, because sometimes the chants are very similar with just a word being different. We weren't going anywhere. Before long, we sent them back on their very unmerry way to the tiny little bus they arrived on as we outnoised them to the point that it was really their only option. We had them cornered at one point, really, but it was intense. They were not without their noise and, and presence. I guess we just knew how to be a little louder. There were plentiful amount of beautiful faces that I know I've seen at many rallies over the years, and more specifically in the last year or so since the pandemic has begun to let up. The numbers were strong, and our community definitely showed up in love and support. And noise. Always noise. Just goes to show what community is, and how out here in New York City, community can bring about change and snuff out the hate. And if we can come together for this... We can come together against gun violence and chase that off, too. And with yet another tragic school shooting on our hands this week, community must be stronger than ever. And out here in New York City, we are. We are. With Radio Gag, I'm Sean Stefanik. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show, 
here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio, WBAI 99.5 FM. And now we return to Good News, Bad News. The good news is Drag Story Hour is a great way to interest children in books and make space for non-conforming identity in communities. We hear now from activist J.W. Walker, founding member of GAG, on Drag Story Hour Defenders. Let's have a listen. Well, hey, listeners, we are having a conversation with J.W. Walker, a founding member of Gays Against Guns, about Drag Story Hour. Big, huge event happened uh, last Saturday. Letitia James hosted a, a Drag Story Hour event in Greenwich Village, and the rest is history. So, Jay, can you tell us um, why Drag Story Hours? You know, how did this thing get started? Yeah, well, well, Drag Story, the Drag Story Hour concept began out in San Francisco um, almost 10 years ago, back in 2015. Um, a, a, a queer uh, a queer woman, I can't remember what her name was, but she, uh, they started uh, going to um, Storytime readings at a local library, and everything at these readings that she was attending um, were really, really heteronormative. Um, and she didn't feel that there was enough, you know, or any um, queer or trans representation um, in terms, or, or just, you know, anything outside of these sort of strict gender roles or what have you, and the books that were being read and the way the stories were being presented. And so she created the first series of Drag Story Hours. Um, and so it started spreading around the country. New York started in 2019 or so as a nonprofit organization, uh, which is its own group, Drag, uh, Drag Story Hour NYC. Um, there's, I don't think there's any coordination between the various chapters around the country that have developed over the, over the years. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's been going along for about four years here in New York. And then about last summer, um, people started uh, attacking them. Uh, groups of right-wing zealots um, who you know, had, at least here in New York, the folks who are doing it are folks that have been um, uh, counter-protesting resistance protests for years. They're pro-Trump supporters. They were doing the anti-vax protests and doing the street corner in front of schools, anti-mask protests. Um, and when all that died down, the next you know, thing that was ginned up for them to to do was to go to drag story hours and start protesting. You know, well, they love to scream about indoctrination, and mm-hmm. um, while they're mm-hmm. all, all the while they're indoctrinating uh, as as many as possible with uh, forcible oppressive tactics. Well, and indoctrinating uh, them into gun culture and posing for Christmas cards with their five-year-old and eight-year-old kids holding um, assault weapons and taking their little children to firing ranges and, you know, leaving their guns out for the little kids to find and shoot their playmates. 
Yeah, it's really a very, very scary place. And, you know, then that misplaced fear, um, you know, comes back at um, <laughs> at protests at uh, drag story hours. But, um, you know, it's a, a wonderful, peaceful experience to go to uh, drag story hour. Can you tell people how to get involved if they want to become drag defenders? Uh, just as an explanation of what the Drag Story Hour Defenders are. Just a loosely assembled group of concerned folks who want to make sure that kids aren't exposed to all the vitriol and hatred that the, um, the, the Drag Story Hour attackers are expressing outside of libraries and other events where, where Drag Story Hours are taking place. And so um, the defenders are basically uh, coordinating with and invited by the producers of Drag Story Hour to come to their events around the city. And so anyone can show up to be a defender. Um, but the way to find out is basically any Drag Story Hour that happens in the city, the defenders will be there about an hour before the time that the story hour is scheduled to take place so um you can find the information about when the next story hours are um most of them have uh, take place at new york public libraries or queen's public libraries because that's a separate um and they put the drag story hours on their calendars and so if you go to the website for either um the new york system the the general new york system or the queen's system um, or the Brooklyn system, which is also a separate system, um, you can find the, the schedule of events and, um, and just show up um, if you'd like to, um, to help defend. Well, thank you so much, J.W. Walker, for uh, talking with us and for reporting on, on Drag Story Hour, and uh, especially on Drag Story Hour Defending. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sarah. That was J.W. Walker on Drag Story Hour. That took place Saturday, March 23rd, hosted by New York State Attorney General Letitia James. We are on Radio Gag, bringing you good news, bad news on WBAI 99.5 FM Live and on any major podcast platform. Now we return to our show with some very good news from Michigan. Jonathan Gold, Senior Ambassador from Giffords Gun Owners for Safety, shares the news about gun safety legislation passed for the first time in 40 years in the state of Michigan. Welcome listeners. This is really great. So Jonathan, we wanted to ask you first about the package bills that have been before the Michigan legislature and how things are going there. Well, we're really excited. It has been a grand week so far in Michigan last week. We haven't had a majority that was in favor of common sense gun regulation since I was 14 and I just turned 54. So it's been 40 years in the making and 20 years in the works. Um, I want to give credit to the people who came before me, like Robert Wittenberg, who's no longer in our legislature, who started the Michigan Gun Violence Caucus. Um, and started this kind of legislation moving forward. We are so excited. We passed universal background checks in the state of Michigan. 
It's on its way to the governor's desk. We passed safe storage laws here in Michigan, which are now on their way to the governor's desk. And we are this close, and I'm holding my fingers about an inch apart, folks, to passing red flag or emergency risk protection order legislation here in the state of Michigan for the first time. Um, and we are extremely excited. These are our big three that we have been waiting for for a decade. Um, we have some more things in store. Uh, Michigan has been waiting for a domestic violence bill for 10 years and hasn't been able to get a hearing. And we're gonna do a lot of work with community violence intervention next because we wanna stop these things before they start. And we're gonna start investing in communities where this violence takes root and causes retribution killings. And so we're very, very excited here in the state of Michigan. Well, this is all good news, very, very good news. It's really exciting when we can see movement after 40 years. So can you tell us how did the gun violence prevention groups work with the legislators to pass the laws? So here's the best thing in the state of Michigan. In other states, there are rivalries between gun violence prevention groups. Here in Michigan, we all work together. We are all partners in this. We don't fight amongst ourselves. There's always politics, don't get me wrong, but we don't fight amongst ourselves. We partner and we get things done. Um, it was very exciting. I think one of the biggest pieces of activism that people overlook is building coalitions. Um, building coalitions in communities, building coalitions among organizations, building coalitions and real friendships. Activism comes from friendship and coalitions come from friendship, real, honest, sincere friendship, not, oh, that's the person I have to work with, but building real bonds. And in this state, we did it. And did we use some leverage? Sure, we did. But most of the time, we uh, the politicians here, at least on the side of gun sense law, have been very receptive to all of us. That The nice thing about gun violence prevention is we're a big tent. There are some people who want to melt everything down and turn it into statuary. Let's just be honest. And then there are people who just want reasonable laws to make sure that people get safe. But the cool thing was we all came together and said, this is a great first step to making people safe. Let's do it. And so we didn't get caught up in the infighting. We didn't get caught up in, but we're not getting this this time. We all found that the governor asked for these three bills and we gave the governor these three bills. So good and so much that other movements can learn from what is happening in the gun violence prevention movement right now. There's so much overlap, there's so many intersections, and like you say, the real sincere friendships. So- And sublimating, and sublimating your ego, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care what the bill's called. I don't care who gets credit for it. I, you have to go into this with the cause being in mind. And, and that's how it works. Let's save some lives. Where do you see opposition and what are the plans to tackle it? Okay, so I'm gonna take a step back on that. I think the opposition, there are 10% of the world we're never going to get to, okay? It's just the truth. And there are sometimes we just have to cut bait um, and do something else. 
the opposition, I suppose, will have their chance if they win back the legislature to undo everything we did, which is a call out to everybody that elections matter. If you want gun safety legislation passed, elections matter. If you want to know where to be an activist or where to put your time or your money or your soul, find the candidates who will vote for gun sense issues. Well, and for those of us who've taken up arms, who do carry weapons, there used to be a code. We were quiet. We kept our weapons concealed. We weren't in favor of open intimidation and open carry. Um, we kept our loved ones safe. Um, and we had to be the most careful people in the world. We have reached obscene. There are dead children on the ground today. There were dead students at Michigan State University last month. There were dead students in Oxford, Michigan last year. And some of these kids have now gone through it twice. Not to mention the BIPOC community who's been enduring this generationally since the 70s. You know, a lot of people say to me, it's been since Columbine. And I find that very, it makes me angry because it ignores what those other communities have been going through for decades that we didn't address because it wasn't our problem. Um, it outrages me. So uh, here's what I, I'd like to all of your listeners to know. There's one easy question to back this whole argument up to and this discussion. And it doesn't matter if your family member is a member of the NRA or a member of Giffords Gun Owners for Safety or a member of Brady. It, it doesn't matter. The simple question is this. Can't we all agree we'd like less people to get shot? That's it. Because then we can have a conversation. But if someone can't agree to that basic premise, those are the people I told you about. We're never going to get there. So you know how to wait, how to balance your time. Activism is also time and you never get it back. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jonathan Gold. We'll My pleasure. Thank you to Jonathan Gold, Senior Ambassador for Giffords Gun Owners for Safety. And now it's time to end our show. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gaze Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. And also be sure to check out our website to learn more about actions. Sign up for info about meetings and actions at gagsignup at gmail.com. That's G-A-G-S-I-G-N-U-P at gmail.com. So send us an email and sign up. Remember, all are welcome to come to gag meetings. Can you believe there is a weekly broadcast podcast that is dedicated to saving lives and reducing injuries from gun violence and focuses on gay rights and the queer perspective? Please go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Put your money down to secure this free speech platform for gay rights and gun violence prevention now. 212-209-2950. Thank you. 
We're ending the show. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or any major podcast platform. Have a great and a safe day.